This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. I'll take a year. This is the Sinner and the Saint. Here's former hand modeling prodigy. Anderson and bespectacled drifter Will Duckins on 1080 The Fan. Hey kids! Yeah! Woo! Happy Saturday, everybody! It is a beautiful day outside. Oh. I know you. I know you hate it when we start weather, but it has been supposed to be terrible for like three or four days, and it just keeps staying nice. I love the springtime. Uh, we'll probably get the rain at some point. That's the rain. Hey, it's the wind. It's looking windy out there. I don't care about wind. I'm looking out the window and I see sunshine shining. I see uh, blue sky peeking through. You're it is gonna a, care about wind. There's supposed to be 50 mile per hour winds. Oh, I'll be sitting in my house. Don't worry about that. I just like having the sunshine for the drive. I'm not going out to play golf today. We're good. We're good. And the Blazers are playing tonight. Dame's leg is healthy. It's just ankle. like a leg. Is that not part of the leg? Is the uh, ankle part of the leg? Is it? Well, yes. Well, you is. can't hurt your leg and then also hurt an ankle. Like if you hurt your leg, it's probably your knee or your thigh or hell. It could even be your calf. It could be. Possibly. Could be your ankle. So I don't know. I don't know what your opposition to the ankle being part of the leg is, but we can get into that a little bit later. Uh, Shohei Otani is on fire. Beavers started spring practice. There's a lot going on in the world of sports. Uh, in the second hour, uh, Jim Wilson, the color commentator uh, for the for the Oregon State Beavers football program, will join us. He also played in the major league, so he's going to sit in with us for the second hour. We're excited about that. Um, but we do want to get to... What's going on? And uh, you mentioned it in the preview, in the Sports Center update, as it were. You Dame listen said, to those? Dame said, "No, I don't." Yeah. Dame says he feels great. Said his legs feels good and he's ready to go. So a lot of people talking. Uh oh, get an ankle injury at this point in the season. The Blazers need to need one win to clinch home court advantage in the first round, so they could still drop to the second place. I'm sorry. Jeez, I keep doing that. That would be sweet. They could drop down to the fourth spot, uh, but they would still have home court advantage. So if the Blazers only win one game and one of those losses is against the Jazz, the Jazz would need to win out, and then you would have the Blazers drop into the fourth spot. But two wins will secure them the three spot. So a lot of people are suggesting, if you're Damian Lillard, 
sit out. You can't go into this playoff run without Damian Lillard. You're not going to have any success without your best player. Um, but apparently he feels good. How do you feel about the protecting guys from injury? Because you played, I imagine, chipped up probably every week when you played football. Uh, in high school, yeah. In college, I don't think I played enough the previous game to be chipped up for the next game. <laughs> okay. Though that would be sweet. <laughs> um, you played that much? Yeah. That'd be pretty tight. <laughs> um, but how do you feel about protecting guys from injuries? Because that's one thing that, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You can, there's no way. This It's always so funny to me, the idea of protecting players from the sport that they play. Well, you kind of have to think about who you want to play. All right. So if you're if you're sitting at it right now and everything just goes as oh, it is. Oh, shut up. Don't let's stop doing no, this. You we, do no, you do have no, to no, think no, about I, who I you understand play. that. We oh, did, but we I did. don't want to get into this about players, but okay, you want the real opinion? Look, he's a friggin' athlete Thank and he you. has to prove he has to prove how big his balls are, and so he's gonna go out there and play. <laughs> that's the opinion End I want. End of conversation. That's Perfect. it. Yes, that's it. Now we can move on. That's that's literally oh, every single time. But that's time. the question that I was asking you. It's yeah. it's it's a it's about waivos. It's about yes, going out and proving it. something. Okay, that's all it is. Did that's... you read the article from Sports Illustrated this week, Dame Time? I did not read it. Now, so they had this whole uh, feature cover piece on Damian Lillard, and they talked about uh, the whole idea of Dame Time. You know, when he starts playing really well in the fourth, hits a big shot, points at his wrist, it's Dame Time. So they started asking him about the how, whole... Wait, how do you know it's Dame Time? Oh, he points at his wrist. There's a watch there. <laughs> ah, it's an imaginary watch. Gotcha. So you. you have to... There's right. no watch there, but you think about it. The, the theater of the mind. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. So they write this whole article on it, and um, they start talking to him about it, and they say, you know, where did Dame Time originate? And he kind of goes over the whole thing about how he feels... Un, uh, or he felt underappreciated throughout high school, even into college, and then even now in the NBA, of course, we know, because he whines all the time about make, not making the All-Star game. You really do hate Damian Lillard. I love Damian Lillard. I, I am anti-Damian Lillard. So, to me... This is just a symptom, this whole article of what Damian Lillard does with his NBA career, which is, oh, you're going to underestimate me? I'm going to prove you wrong. Dude, nobody's underestimating you after you hurt your ankle. <laughs> In fact, we're all like, hey, are you all right? Maybe you should sit out because at this point, it really doesn't matter if we're third or fourth. We're going to play Golden State or Houston in the second round anyway. Yeah, that That's kind of how I feel about this whole thing tonight. Like. Okay, I'm all right with him playing, but if midway through the first, uh, first quarter we see that when he plants, it's looking a little strange, like, dude, just pull him. I don't yeah. care. I think we can win one of these last three games. Pretty sure. Who, who do we got? So it's San Antonio, then it's the Denver Nuggets in Denver, and then at home against the Jazz to finish up the season. So the Jazz right now are in that fourth spot. The Jazz would have to win out. So if the Jazz lose... Or if the Blazers uh, win two, then then your your seating is set. Yeah, I, I I feel confident you could win one of those games. Pretty damn confident. Like I said, Blazers need to win two. Jazz need to lose one. So the head to head game will is what it really comes down to against Utah in the final game of the season. That will decide the third and fourth spot if the Blazers lose one of two yes. and, and the Jazz win their next two games. Yes. Okay. So that's, that's where we're at. Yes, but that's what, where but, we're but at. what you were trying to do instead of actually answering the question was going through and going, well, who do you want to play? How do you set it up? How do you orchestrate? It? I was Listen, trying the to bottom, sports you. The bottom half of the Western Conference is anybody's guess what's going to happen. Because right now you've got three teams with identical records. That includes the Spurs, who you're playing tonight, the Pelicans, and then the Thunder. 
So they all have the identical record. The Nuggets are the last team that has a chance to make the playoffs that's on the outside looking in. Clippers do too, by the way. No, Te- they're out. Technically. They're eliminated. No. What? See, there's a little... Uh, no, no, no. There's no. usually an no, E. Clippers, Hold on a second Clippers now. There's usually an E that goes yeah. next to a team's name on ESPN, right? There's no E next to the Clippers. I'm going to double check this. I'm looking at it. All right. You don't even need to double check it. I don't trust you. How do you not trust the internet? I'm looking at it. Yeah. So. I can see the damn thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Clippers are out. 37 losses. Come on now. What are you talking so about? So why is there an E next to their name? The Clippers aren't making the playoffs. Don't Riddle worry. me that. <laughs> I'm going to go to NBA.com. Yeah. I'm going to go to Let NBA. me get a double check on that. Uh, 55305. Are the Clippers... <laughs> uh, can the Clippers make the playoffs? Question mark. Which, by the way, 55305, how does everybody feel about Dame actually playing tonight because i want to hear from fans man you know this is one of those kind of conflicting things that you have as a blazer fan is that you want to see dame out there and healthy at least for the playoffs but at the same time you go i don't know if i want to risk this i don't know if you want to risk it all right nba.com showing the clippers not mathematically eliminated they do play the nuggets head-to-head tonight though there you go so clippers win out i think clippers get in right (laughs) Is that the team you're worried about playing? Whatever happens, as long as we don't play against the Clippers. Look, man, when Blake Griffin left, that team really picked it up. Actually, they did. <laughs> you might, they did. Well, yeah. Technically, they, they did. They did, and yeah. Detroit got worse, yeah. which says a lot about Blake Griffin. Which does I think, it? Yeah, it does. I, I would hope yes. so. Yeah, of course it does. They lost more. <laughs> yeah. Technically, if a team loses more, something's wrong, Well, right? that, and, and it was thought to be that Blake Griffin was the piece that they were looking for in Detroit oh, somehow. Of course. I don't know how that goes. Why is Blake Griffin good at basketball? Because I, I, I never understood Measurables, that. dude. People do this all the time. Thomas Robinson was that guy, remember, that was drafted ahead of Damian Lillard. Yeah. Found his way back to Portland mm. within a year and bounced around the league and was gone. But measurables. He's, he's big, strong, fast, can jump. Blake Griffin was part of Lob City. He benefited from the same thing DeAndre Jordan did, which was having Chris Paul be able to orchestrate the game and put you in a position where all you have to do is dunk the basketball. Yeah, because I remember his rookie year and even his second year, too. Like but didn't he miss? Was, didn't he miss his whole rookie year? Is Blake Griffin? Well, just his technical yeah. rookie yeah, year yeah. that, like, he was. Um, everybody was super stoked on him because all he did was jam. But then, like, there was that whole period. I want to say like three years ago, where they were like, "Hey, he's developed a jump shot now." But every single time Blake Griffin shoots, I just think of like a city league or CYO or uh, player. You know, he what I gives mean? you no confidence with his jump. Shot. No, not yeah, at all. Sure. It looks like he's cranking that thing up. Like he has to think in his mind: step, step up, shoot. Yeah, run back. Yeah. Uh, somebody on our team has that. Uh, somebody in Portland. Who's that guy? Who is that? Who's that guy that you hate so much? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, Mo Harkless. No, I don't think that's I'm sorry. Um, oh, Myers Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah when the, he sets a screen. <laughs> very robotic. Step, step well, but even over. when he shoots like that, we were, jeez, uh, I, I don't know if it was this year or last year, but Frank Kaminsky's on one end shooting just with, I think it was with Patrick Ewing, so it would have been last year. So he's just sitting there just shooting from the top of the key, and Myers Leonard is on the other side. And you look at Kaminsky, and you're like, oh, that guy has a basketball shot. And Myers Leonard is just like as robotic as you can, just cranking up shots. But that's how Blake Griffin always looked. And he starts getting like making a few eight. 18 footers and now that's part of his game you're like dude just go back to dunking yes but he gets all the kia commercials and then he gets in fist fights but the other thing is the guy i mean he's always been injured he's never been a team leader but here are the clippers i mean give the organization some credit if they're still on the cusp of the playoffs with technically they're in the playoffs except some of these texters are saying why in the world would the clippers want to get in the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> 
It's really true, though. Why the hell would you want to? It's kind of a waste of your time let's, at this point. Let's, let's scratch and claw to get in there to get yes. housed by the Rockets. Look, I don't want to uh, get any draft advantage here. I want to. I want to prove the Rockets wrong. Yeah, that's going to be bad. No. You know what? I'm kind of getting on your train though about the Rockets. What's that? Well, you're kind of stoked about the Rockets in the playoffs. You think they could actually uh, make a, a pushy push? I, I, I right now, I think unless you get Steph back, I don't have a lot of faith in the Warriors. We haven't seen them be the Warriors, and yeah, they're not looking good. Yeah, and the the separation between the Rockets and everybody else, and this current you know makeup of of the Warriors. Yeah, I think unless you have a fully healthy Warriors team, I think the Rockets are going to be your West representative. Now, your I mean. To your point, it was always what happens when Dan Tony, what happens when James Harden, what happens when Chris Paul get into the playoffs. But they feel very different to me. And I got to see that defense, though. So it's I, when you got to dig in. Like, here's how I see it. It is. But, who, be, but who's the team that's going to pressure them short of the finals? Well, I think it's going to be Golden State because I think when you get that matchup in the Western Conference finals, which I'm predicting Golden State, Houston. Yeah. I think you're going to see the Rockets fold at a certain point because that's really when you have to beat Golden State is when you're entering the fourth quarter and you can at least shut down the perimeter. Sure. And let me tell you something, man. I've watched Rockets game this Rockets games this year, and they are one of the most exciting teams. But defensively on the perimeter, it's go for it, man. Shoot it. I don't care. Yeah. Well, because they're going to shoot- score more points than you. That's it. But 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 that's been the case with D'Antoni every single time with those Suns teams. With any single team he's coached, it's always we're going to score more points than you. But when it comes to the playoffs, we can't really stop. I don't know. The big difference with this Rockets team, it's like we're going to shoot more threes than you and we're going to make more threes than you. You're not trading twos for threes. And that's, I think, the big difference is you have so many shooters on the perimeter. You can make it you can you can score with so many different angles. And and James Harden, as as good as he is as the team leader, having Chris Paul as the second point guard. I mean, those guys both essentially pay point guard on that team. I mean, it really is kind of an unfair advantage where you have two guys that can assume that Steve Nash. Role, you got and shooters. then you got shooters everywhere. Reza. everywhere. Um, who's who's white guy off bench? Ryan Anderson. Ryan, Ryan Anderson. Yeah. Um, Clint Capella's playing a lot better inside. His pick and rolls improved. There's a there's a lot to like about the Rockets, and the Warriors are not the same team if you don't have Steph Curry at 100. percent And the difference this year is that Mike D'Antoni does not have a mustache. That's very true. Which scares the living hell out of me. Right now, the East playoffs are set. All the teams that are in are in. Seeding is what matters. And the team that took over third place last night is very, very hot. We'll get to them next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. I have an awesome Blake Griffin text. It is good. I was actually just looking at it. Feel free to read that for me. Are you looking at the same one I am? I believe so. Blake Griffin is the new age Sean Kemp. That is the most poignant text I've ever seen on here, ever. (laughs) Poignant. On point. It's amazing. It's on the nose. It's completely friggin' true. Yeah, I can think of that. Oh, yes. Sean Kemp, uh, not the team leader that you thought he was when he uh, left Seattle to come to Portland? Man, I got to tell you, I was pretty excited as a Blazers fan when that happened. I was like, oh, Sean Kemp? I remember him. The crazy thing about Sean Kemp, he could never palm a basketball. That's why he would do that yeah. kind of cocked wrist dunk. But he Weird. jumped high enough that it didn't even matter, and he still just... Sean Kemp. Sean friggin' Kemp, dude. And I remember Sean Kemp in the glory days of the... Uh, of the Supersonics mid-90s. Yeah. Was just With like, Gary Payton. Yeah, dude, you just that team was so raw. 
He had Detlef Shrimp. He had uh, Gary Payton. Sam Perkins used to like walk the court and just launch threes. He had Nate. Yeah. Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan was yep. on that team. Yeah. Fun to watch. Uh, you know, I'm. I have to eat some eat some crow. Eat, eat you my have to words. eat a lot of crow. Eat, eat my words a little bit. Currently, the Philadelphia 76ers are on a 13-game win streak, and they just beat the Cavaliers to take the third spot in the Eastern Conference. They have been preaching trust the process all year. I can't hear you. I thought you would fade fade it down. No, it has to play out. (laughs) What? Sorry, I uh, didn't know how to play all the way out. Well, I can't help that. I think you can, actually. I believe you have the volume uh, slider oh, right, right in front of it. But Why I can't think. They have been preaching trust the process but. all year. Yes. And I have been denying that the process was worth the wait. But right now, it looks like it is. They're pretty good, man. No, they're very good. They've yeah. missed uh, Dario Saric for the last three games. They've been playing without Joel Embiid for longer than that. Uh, they're not even sure exactly when he's coming back, and they continue to win 13 straight. They're beating playoff teams. Uh, they're winning with beat the Cavs last night. I, I mentioned that in the setup for it. Oh, darkens. They held off actually what was going to be a uh, a big comeback by the Cavs. Another one. So the the Cavs have decided not to play in the first half of games recently, yeah. which is. It's a bizarre trend. And LeBron, LeBron James sucks at the free throw line this year. Oh, uh, like, I know. It, it was, his, it was his free throws that, that cost them the victory yeah. against Philadelphia, if anybody is wondering why you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I don't he, know. He had three He had three free throws. He had to make them all the time yeah. the game and uh, miss the second and then intentionally missed the third and they couldn't get the pick. I mean, he back. hasn't been over a career incredible at free throw shooting. He's been fine, but you know, he's such a friggin' massive body that that shooting form to actually get it up there, it, it, it's a little bit awkward. And so it's, it's the clutch it gene it though, weird. but it's the clutch gene yeah. too, though. It's, it's, you know, you have a lot of guys that shoot 78% from the free throw line, but there's guys that you expect not to miss when the game is on the line. Oh, yeah. and LeBron is not one of those guys no. you can trust. And, you know, it's about getting to the line. Anyways, we're not talking about LeBron James right now. We're talking about me being wrong about the process. But I still do have the question for you, though. They're they're poised to win uh, 50 games this year. Have they? Already, yeah, they're at 49, 49 and 30. Just about to win 50. So they're on a 13-game win streak. That sounds very similar to what the Blazers just did. That's and hot. It's very hot. And and they're going to go into the playoffs, and I don't know that anybody's take picking them to even go to the finals. So hmm. that sounds like they're in a very similar position to the Blazers. So again, I'll ask you the question. If you could trade places for the last five seasons between the Blazers and the, the Sixers, where the Sixers haven't had a winning season, haven't sniffed a winning season in those previous four years, now they're at about the same point now. A lot of people would probably agree that the upside looks to be a lot higher with the 76ers than the Blazers team, the way they're currently yes. constructed. Yes. I don't think there's a whole lot of question about that. So would you trade the last four years essentially for this season where they're pretty much in the same spot? Yes, I would. Yeah? Yeah, I, I would totally trade it for the 76ers because I have to think about right now too, which is that really for the past four years, yeah, it's been like semi-exciting what's been going on here in Portland, but there's always been that back feeling of like, 
I don't think we can really do this. Like, even with this team right now. If, if every player reaches their full potential, there's no championship. Then, yeah, even then. And even I don't, it's hard to imagine us getting into the Western Conference Finals. But with the 76ers, you have a couple of advantages. One, you look at the playoff outlook right now in the Eastern Conference. Really? <laughs> you're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals because you're most likely going to beat the Pacers in the first round. Then, even if Boston gets by in the first round, there's no Kyrie Irving. Yep. So you're going to wear them out. And then once you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, you got Toronto, which it's a wild card. They never really seem to have a really good consistency when it comes to the playoffs. And then the other advantage you have is that you have the next friggin' LeBron James on your team who give it another couple years. He's going to develop a jump shot and he's going to be one of the most dangerous players there is. He's already an incarnation of friggin' Jason Kidd. Some of the passes he had last night where he's just driving to the hoop and then he leaps into the air, all six foot ten of him, and then just bullets a pass to the corner. It's like that's LeBron James, dude. The guy just has to learn how to shoot. And you can throw in Joel Embiid, and uh, Markel Fultz looks like he's a functioning human being again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, sky's the limit for this team. It's awesome. Plus, did you see LeBron James' uh, Instagram feed last night? I, I did not. I he did was not. posting a bunch of photos with him and Ben Simmons. They're they're friends. They're, are they best friends? They're best friends. They're makeout friends. Makeout friends? There's pictures of of LeBron making out with Ben Simmons I didn't on say Instagram. That. That's what I heard. No, they're friends. Like you just try making out once because you're like, what's this like? <laughs> no, no. Explain more. I did not know I'm that. Explain that. Who was your makeout friend? I have to say that. What? They're uh, good. All right. So Ben Simmons is your your new man crush. If you could be makeout friends with Ben Simmons, you would be in a second. Possibly. That's a yes. Um, you mentioned that he needs to develop a jump shot. Yes. Can oh, you? Oh, now you're going to. Oh, okay. What? Go ahead. What? All right. Give me this stat. Do you not want the stat? I want it. Okay. I need it. Ben Simmons is taking taken 11 three-pointers this season. Only attempted 11. Really? How many has he made? Uh, I'm going to say nine. Is that it? <laughs> no, that's not it. Two. Zero. Oh, he's really? He's 0 for 11. I thought this was going to go the other way where I'm proven wrong. Mm. You're proven quite right on this. I mean, and you talk about no jump shot. I mean, that is that is the definition of no three-point shot. No. I mean, he's attempted 11. You have centers that have attempted and made more three-pointers that are not shooting centers, that just do in, like, end-of-shot-clock situations where they chuck it up. But at least it seems like he knows what he is. That's that's what I was going to say. That's kind of the, the interesting thing about it is he plays that traditional point guard where he's a pass-first point guard. He happens to be six foot ten. It was funny because we were we were talking about the the Nike Hoop Summit that's coming up on Friday. So Friday, is it Friday the 13th? It yes. is. Uh, Friday the 13th is the Nike Hoop Summit coming around this year. Well, two years ago, uh, they played it on a Saturday, and we did our pre-show, uh, our show from there as kind of a pre-game to, to the Nike Hoop Summit. We watched that game. Ben Simmons was one of the guys playing in it, and so was Jamal Murray. And they both played on the world team. Jamal Murray ended up being the MVP of that game. He could score at will, pretty much got around everybody. He goes to Kentucky, and now— Where's Ben Simmons from? Ben Simmons is from Australia. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. 
Ben Simmons really didn't have a big impact on the game, but he didn't play point guard. And so you didn't get a C. So Jamal Murray was playing most of the game at point. And Ben Simmons, because of his size, he can do other things on the defensive end or whatever, but he really didn't have much offense in the game. But I remember him being one of those players that was extremely hyped. Then he goes to LSU, doesn't really, I guess it's three years ago now that I go through the timeline in my head, but watching Ben Simmons, you're like, I don't, I don't really see all the hype for this guy. Whoa, what? At LSU? No, no, no. At the, the Hoop Summit. Oh, at the Hoop Summit. Then he okay. goes to LSU, and the team is underwhelming, but he's great. And you're like, okay, now you're starting to see it. He misses his entire rookie season, and now this is his true rookie season. You're just seeing what it is where the guy has the, such size and strength physically that he's going to get to wherever he wants to on the court. And if he develops a jump shot, man, watch out. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. He's he is the best part of what uh, Magic Johnson really was, which is he could create shots for other people. Like they talk about it on um, uh, what's his face stat guy on ESPN for uh, the NBA. Who's their guy? Woj. Not Woj. Woj is stat guy. Yeah, Woj is banker guy. Who's stat guy? I don't know. Well, anyway, not Barnwell. Who are you? No, he's NFL stat guy. Yeah, he's numbers, 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 numbers guy. But anyway, they were talking about how LeBron James uh, influences defenses and how what he'll do is drive to the lane. And he always kind of has eyes in the back of his head where he looks into the corners and he sees, look, I know I'm already going to draw a double team from the center, right? And so whenever anybody in the interior comes down to defend him, he also notices on the back end that there's just a little bit of movement on that corner three on the defender over there. And so he's able to see right at the moment where the defender's about to step out and just jet it out there, and then they have an opportunity for three points. You can see that with Ben Simmons. You saw it last night. And we were talking about this that, um, you know, LeBron's posting all these pictures with him and Ben Simmons, and everybody's kind of getting hyped about, like, oh, what if LeBron goes to Philly? He's still on the East Coast. That team's unstoppable. Uh, Hold on there. Having two LeBron James on the same team with – Ben Simmons, That's, who doesn't have a jump shot. Be, I don't wait, know if that works. Just be ready for the <laughs> dumbest idea. Oh, yeah. Two LeBron James would be bad. It's one not, that can't shoot, by the way. Well, I get that. And there's. Come on. Having man, two LeBron player. James would be great. LeBron James playing off the ball gives him the ability to, to rest a little bit. And you wonder at what point he's going to be like, all right, I'll, I'll sit back and I'll just be the. If he got to be the Scotty Pippen to the. No, don't say that. What? Where he doesn't isn't the primary ball handler and just gets to be great off the ball. Has some crazy hot ex wife. Yeah, exactly. She's uh, scary looking. The the reason that uh, I came across that uh, stat though for Ben Simmons was the article was written around a comment that was made by Julius Irving. Have you heard of him? Uh, is he on TNT? Doctor J. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Julius Irving said that Ben Simmons' skill set might be once in a lifetime. Oh, so he thinks that even compared to LeBron, that his ceiling is a little bit higher because the comments, I mean, just what he does now. The other thing that is a big difference between those two players is look at the demeanor. Ben Simmons never seems to be bothered by anything that's going on around him on or off the court. He He's a cool guy. Very, very cool guy. Just seems entirely unflappable. And one of the things that LeBron James gets criticism for and always has is how thin-skinned he is. And when comments are made about him, he feels like he always has to chime in. He always has to make a comment. So if Ben Simmons does develop a similar skill set to LeBron James, watch out because that guy 
seems stone cold. And if he keeps getting better, I don't know if it's the process or if it's that guy. And whatever team was fortunate enough to be in that number one spot for Ben Simmons, he seems right now, and this may be an exaggeration, seems like a better first pick than Anthony Bennett. So I'm going to throw the question. I caught that. That's great. <laughs> I like that it took you a minute to catch uh, that. No, I, I, I'm, I was thinking about throwing the same question back on you, but yes, yeah. I, I would... I would agree with that. We can get into Anthony Bennett later, the greatest European player of all time. Because we went back, we watched some... <laughs> the guy looks like a freak at UNLV, freak. looks like a freak in Europe, and yeah. looks so pedestrian in the NBA. I mean, look, he is the greatest basketball player of all time if he's not playing in the NBA. <laughs> so if you had... There's to a take... lot of those dudes. Like, if the end one tour came back... Anthony Bennett would be on there. Yeah. If you had to take either side of the last four years, which one would you take? And you're living with it right now, too. See, that's, that's, that's where it gets tricky is the next five years. But I don't know. I've, I've enjoyed the Blazers' ups and downs and the run that they've been on. But I, I just feel like where the upside is, it's feels, it feels like you're going to have a lot better upside for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, dude, they're going to make the Eastern and, the Conference other Finals this that's year. That's what I was going to say. And the other thing is yeah. they are in the Eastern Conference, and I don't see another team coming up. No. But – Boston may reemerge next year with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving healthy, and you'll have that. LeBron stays in the East. It's going to make it difficult. So I'm not saying that it's going to be a cakewalk. I have a hard, I have a hard time imagining what it would have been like to watch the Blazers get to 26 wins after an 11 win season. <laughs> after with a four, Damian Lillard on after your a team. four win season, whoever was on your team. Yeah. No, but I'm saying if you just switched rosters, that would have been pretty miserable. I. I would stick with the Blazers because it's been a fun ride. And if you go back five years, that's the the Rockets series uh, where yeah. Dame, with Dame as a rookie. I don't want to give up that moment. The the Nurk run last year was a blast. The overachieving the year before that. I, I would still stick with middling. the Blazers. It's all middle of the road I'll, kind of I'll, stuff. But I I like middling and I like play being you know having the playoff runs. And, you want to be I, at least somewhat relevant. It just because we would not even think about not even talking about basketball for the last two months because your team was already eliminated from contention. That's really tough. And the other thing is, if we switch with the 76ers, does that mean we get the Eagles Super Bowl and two Villanova championships? Because if we switch cities, I, that I'd take. Eh. All right. Eh. Eh. By the way, is, does Ben Simmons know how to read? Don't know. He kind of looks like he doesn't know how to read. Don't know, but the thing I'm is, I'm not he, saying he doesn't care. I'm not saying he doesn't know how to read. I'm saying that like he looks like he doesn't know how to read a novel. He reads as well or better than Conor McGregor. Oh, is that a is yes. that a tease? Do you want it to be a tease? Sounds like it already is. Conor McGregor got in a fight with a bus. That's next after the news. All right, welcome back to the Sinner and the Saint. Uh, Jim Wilson, the uh, color commentator for the Oregon State Beavers, who start spring practice uh, this week. They started on Wednesday. Uh, he'll be joining us for the second hour. He also played Major League Baseball in the Hall of Fame for both baseball and football at Oregon State. So if you've got questions about uh, or, or the Beavers and what we're going to see from Jonathan Smith, uh, text those in 55305. Uh, maybe we'll snag some of those for Jim and uh, – but we're just going to BS with him because he's a good dude. We fun. also forgot about a poll that we have. No, we didn't forget about it. We just hadn't gotten to it yet. That's true. Uh, we've got two polls up, and those are at Twitter. Um, the The name on our account is at Center Saint 1080. Uh, Will, 
What are our polls? Where does your tiger excitement level sit on day three of the Masters? We have... So this is kind of because the hype going into the Masters, people were over the moon. Yes. He's going to win it. Now he sits, uh, what was it, 13 shots back of, uh, of yes, the lead? Yes, 13 shots back of the lead. Patrick which, Reed. Um, there's a... Uh, hold on, I'll get to it here. There is a, uh, a headline that was put out by ESPN.com just kind of covering the whole thing with the Masters. I tweeted it out. Uh, the headline was, Tiger Woods shoots three over 75 in round two, trails Patrick Reed by 13 shots. He's got a chance. Yeah. Now, why do I need to know that he trails Patrick uh, Reed by 13 does, shots? Because anybody cares about is does he have a chance to win, and then you can uh, fill in the blank from there. Ridiculous. No. Anyways, so where are you right now with your Tiger Woods excitement? So it looks like we got 2% for Cuema Tupoya, which I'll... Uh, I'll let people look that up. 7% for super spicy. Okay. 26% for medium. And then a whopping 65% of people, meh, mild. So people have either calmed down on it or the media is more excited than people actually Yeah, I think that's kind of the case. Ooh. So the headline writers. <laughs> oh. Ooh, hot oh. take. Oh, I wasn't expecting that Caliente. answer. Caliente. Oh, uh, my. Um... So what's the other poll that we have uh, going on? We ended up listening to some terrible music at the uh, behest of Will Darkens this morning. Yeah, we did. Uh, there's another poll we have up, which is, uh, what's your favorite terrible 1990s song? 16% of you uh, picked Scatman, uh, the skibbity bop voodoo uh, something there. You remember that song? Yeah, Scatman Jones. 26% say Mr. Bombastic. Well, Wait, he has a last name, Scatman Jones? Uh, I might have just made that up. Okay. 27% say Mambo number five. 31% overwhelmingly, kind of, say tub thumping. <laughs> Chumbawamba at their finest. It's a sweet song. Is it really? No. Okay. Uh, that's why it's the best of the terrible songs. Um Strange incident this week involving UFC fighter. Is he still a or is he a boxer? What does he do? Well, he hasn't fought in UFC, I think, for almost two years. Well, he fought but... this week, but he fought against yeah. a bus. Yeah. This Did is... the bus win? I think so, because he, I think... Ended up in court. Had a $50,000 bail set to yeah. get out of there. Yeah, so he's got felony charges. Apparently, uh, Conor McGregor uh, was angry with one of the fighters and... I know it's UFC, and I'm not going to pretend that I care about who the fighters are because I didn't know that there was a UFC fight coming up until Conor McGregor went there and tried to draw out one of uh, one of the angry white guys. I don't know. He was looking for a potential combatant and decided to fight the bus instead through one of the uh, like dividers that you see at the arenas that kind of uh, the gates. Or I think whatever. it was described as a dolly. Well, and then he grabbed. So oh, first, first he picked up like, yeah, the, those movable gates, the little partitions mm -hmm. that divide lines and stuff like that. Then he picked up the dolly, threw it through the windshield. And apparently when the windshield broke or the the window broke on the bus. It injured two fighters that were in there. So yeah. that's, that's why there's uh, charges against him. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I, I'm finding it harder <laughs> uh, and harder to uh, take this sport seriously. It makes it feel very WWE. It makes it feel stupid. Like these people are really stupid. 
like really dumb people. Does that changes change the perception or does it reinforce the perception? That you uh, it reinforces it because really what the sport is is just a bunch of people beating the crap out of each other, right? Like yeah. I get that there is a quote-unquote strategy. Yeah. But Technique. at the end of the day, uh, if one of your most famous guys can just go from fighting in a ring to then putting on boxing gloves and start boxing a dude, like to me, I don't, I, I don't find much in that. I think that it's just it reinforces that idea that then you have Conor McGregor throwing dollies and partitions at buses, and then you have Floyd Mayweather who has problems with domestic violence and abuse and doesn't put his money in banks. And then gets sued by the IRS. I think the problem is he doesn't have a problem with uh, domestic abuse. Seem like stupid people. Yes, really uh, dumb, dense people. You said that Conor McGregor was one of the most famous UFC fighters. Can you name another one? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I can't. What about that guy that kept lo- uh, missing drug tests? Mike something? Mike Jones? <laughs> is that his name? Or is that the rapper? John Bones Jones, I believe is his name. Wait a minute. His name's John Jones. Bones Jones? Yeah. That's so. the greatest college nickname of all time. John Bones Jones. Uh, college nickname? He's a fighter. Bones Jones. But yeah, he can't stay off the... Uh, can't stay off hey, the, whoa, there's Johnny. Cheating. Also, also a bad cheater. Um, yeah. John's Bones Jones. Are you kidding me? How the hell do you take that guy seriously when uh, he gets in the ring if his his nickname's Bones? Yeah, not a good look. Not a good look for UFC uh, this week. Oh no, no, Luke, it's not a good look. Not the a- the guys who beat the crap out of each other in a ring are now beating the crap out of buses. <laughs> no, it's just to me. It, it it's just a symptom of how stupid this sport seems to me. It's just putting two dudes in a ring and then letting them beat the crap out of each other, and then whoever isn't passed out by the end of it. Like, here's a bunch of cash. And then you have some bald, angry white guy at the head of it who keeps screaming on national television that it's a sport. And then he tricks somebody into selling it for something like hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I Just to me, it's a huge spectacle. It is. It's exactly that. And that's what sport is. But that's why boxing forever was the sweet science, because at least there was some yes. tacticians that were in there. But well, there were. Because well, bo- boxing is a science, dude. Boxing's friggin' hard. There is techniques to it that, like... If you don't, one of the best documentaries of all time is Tyson. And I know it kind of talks about his life, but there's a huge portion. I would say a third of that uh, documentary, it's Tyson talking about his technique and how uh, him and Customato would just go over it for hours. And he would watch hours of film of all these old boxers and how they were able to do this whole thing called the peekaboo technique, where basically it was just all defensive boxing of jabbing and cutting and ducking. But like UFC to me is just like, Give me four beers, and I'm going to go and beat the crap out of this dude. (laughs) It feels very much that way, and the thing that's nice is they've actually been able to uh, make boxing look worse in the the meantime. So, eh. Oh, $2 billion, this texter says, 55305. Dana White sold UFC for $2 billion. I think he bought it for like $200,000 and sold it. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was closer to $10 billion. I I mean, but I, I don't know. It, that is like the just perfect example of just how aggressive a market can be for something like that, where you can sell off stuff like this, where really your best product lasts for how long? UFC sold for $4 billion. $4 billion. And, and, and Dana White got to keep his job as the face of it. And your, That was uh, July 11th, uh, 2016. That's uh, from CBS News. Your best freaking product lasts, I think, for five minutes sometimes. 
So you can well, have these no, events. no, because the the ones that get the most appeal are the fourteen second knockout ones because yes. you can go and watch the YouTube clips and watch. But it's those so ridiculous that you yeah. would go on pay per view and pay for something like that where it, it's not long at all. At least boxing, like the window's pretty open for you're going to be watching this for an hour. Like, yes, I've heard of people getting knocked out in the first round. That's pretty exciting because it's kind of rare for that to happen. UFC. I'm just assuming this thing's five minutes, and I don't really need to watch it. Would you rather watch a UFC match, two guys you've never heard of, okay, or spring football? Oh, God. Oh. Wait, a spring ball game? Yeah. Yeah, you oh, get the game. It's geez. not practice, at least. Spring scrimmage. Oh. Hell, I, I'd they rather or- watch the practice than the game. <laughs> really? <laughs> a spr- oh. uh, Who's Who is it? It's Beavs. It's your oh, team. Jesus. Spring it's, ball game. It's the April 28th uh, spring game for Jonathan Smith's first outing as a head coach. See, one of them is going to be really short. and At uh, least you're done quickly. Yeah, right. And it's going to be really short and I'll have wasted my money. But the other one, like, I didn't pay anything to go, but it's still kind of like, oh, God, I got to sit here and watch this. Like, the first two series, I guess, will be exciting. But then after that, you get to see all the scrubs. And then coaches just sit there and go, who do I want to cut? So sweet. That's You're taking spring ball? If I have to. <laughs> all right. We'll Is get, the weather nice? <laughs> we'll talk some Beavs football. Yes, the weather's beautiful. We'll talk some Beavs football. We'll talk a lot of baseball in the second hour. But we need to get to good versus evil. And that is next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 Japan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. It was, it was something we had to deal with. That's what sports are all about. You can't be afraid to go out there and compete and fail. I was proud of our guys, but we just weren't getting past the second round. It's nice that we get to enjoy this, too. That was handsome guy. Your mom has probably gone to bed with Jay Wright. Whoa. He's hot. He's a dreamboat. There's no question. For the second time in three years, the Villanova Wildcats have won the college basketball national title. And once again, we need to participate in the ritual discussion. Guess where people will be employed next year. (laughs) Wright has two national titles and 500 wins. So many people are saying, why does he need to stay at Villanova? If you were Jay Wright and you had offers from the Suns, and the Grizzlies, which team would you go to? Oy, uh, I suppose I'd probably go, probably go to the Suns just because the weather's nice, nicer. I, I don't think Jay Wright's <laughs> leaving. Listen, there's no potential in either of those teams. The the Memphis Grizzlies are decaying. You have Devin Booker, I guess, as your building piece in Phoenix. But there's a lot more golf courses and there's a lot better weather. And so. you got time. Yeah, it, well, I feel like in Memphis you, you'd have like a three-year leash, and it's like if this isn't working, you got you got to get the hell out. I feel like in Phoenix, five years, and they'll still be like, okay, let's. Yeah. You know. it, well, and he's been at. I, I could be wrong about this, but I think he's been at Villanova for 17 years. Um, so he's been there a long time, and in Philadelphia, I don't think either of those cities are particularly appealing. 
And, uh, I mean, go Gino R.E.M. Just stay where you're at if it's that easy to win championships. Um, you know, it's one of those things that I haven't really thought about too much. Uh, you know, talking with Coach, and as I, I watch film, I'll be able to uh, gain more knowledge of that. But at the end of the day, whatever he asks me to do, I'm going to go in and, and do it the best that I can to be able to help this team. That's former Oregon State wide receiver great Brandon Cooks. And the L.A. Ram train just keeps getting better. The Patriots sent shockwaves. Shockwaves, Luke. <laughs> Whoa! Yes, shockwaves. Got it. Shockwaves through the NFL Tuesday when they traded Pro Bowl wide receiver to the Los Angeles Rams for the 23rd and 6th round pick in this draft. Word is that Bill Belichick actually alerted Cooks by phone call just an hour before the trade. Do you consider this a consolation prize for no OBJ or a better option for the Rams? Well, uh, I don't know that it'll be as expensive of an option. So moving forward, you still have Brandon Cooks this year on his rookie deal. I think this is his that's last correct. year on that. This is third team, so that's a little bit surprising. Um, but you got to think something's wrong. What's that? you got to think something's wrong if it's his third team. Well, you, you do, because if you can't make it work with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, is Jared Goff the solution that turns your career into high gear? I don't know. But, you know, the one thing I did notice was that Cooks was kind of the number one option at both places when it came to receiver. Like, I know Gronk was in New England, but, like, when it came to receiver, after Edelman got hurt, it was like, all right, dude, you got to step up. Yeah, but Danny Amendola was the guy that won them the AFC Championship game, so I don't know that he is the first option and the most trusted option. So I, I don't remember Brandon Cooks uh, having that big moment you want from a Patriots guy, um, but the Patriots do this all the time. So if it's any other team that's jettisoning him, I, I actually look more at the Saints get rid, getting rid of him than I do the Patriots getting rid of him as a sign that, that, that maybe he's not a, a ideal fit as a number one receiver in the NFL. Congratulations to Robert Griffin III for getting another chance. This being, I think, his third chance at playing quarterback in the National Football League. I think this is a good role for him because the whole thing was he never lasted 16 games. I mean, if he was, he was beat up at the end. That was nauseating babyface talking head Teddy Bruschi, and he's talking about the most asinine quarterback signing in the NFL this offseason. Wednesday, the Ravens worked out uh, RG3, or otherwise known as man with bad haircut. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's a really bad haircut, and are now signing him to a one-year contract. Most people find this to be an embarrassing signing because Colin Kaepernick's still on the market. But... I find it embarrassing. People still think the NFL is not a business and that Kaepernick is just bad for business. Is this Cap's last chance for a comeback now flown away? Well, no. I mean, there's there's other backup spots. What the sign was that Kaepernick was being blackballed was when you start seeing injuries to quarterbacks. Uh, the one in Houston uh, comes to mind when DeAndre uh, uh, Deshaun Watson Deshaun, got, yeah. Deshaun Watson got hurt last year, and you go, oh well. If there's a guy that can come in and do a lot of the things that Deshaun Watson does, but as you see the quarterback dominoes fall, Cap, in part, I think, has a, a better shot at being a starting quarterback, and I think he probably would cost more money. I think Robert Griffin only got signed for like a million bucks. Yeah. So it's listen, one year. He's and he's not going to play. I mean, if if, uh. the, if things go well for the Ravens, he's not going to play. Um, but Flacco, uh, they may be looking to replace him in the draft too. So it'll be interesting what what Baltimore does. But I don't think it's we want this guy to play. How do you think those two get along? Joe Flacco and Robert Griffin III. It's going to be an. It's awkward. like the worst guys' night out ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with either of those guys, especially Joe Flacco's fake teeth. 
they're fake. fascinated by his team. It's a well, little, they little something about Mary for you. No, because they sucked, and then he won the Super Bowl, and they got way better. That's how fake teeth work. If if he got fake teeth and they were worse, then you'd have a problem. Question is intentions. Yeah, I like the Steve Buscemi. Can I get that? Yes, please. Yeah. So this is our uh, favorite story of the weekend. Uh, surprising, this one comes from the New England Patriots. And I absolutely love this story because I thought it was pretty incredible how fast everything happened. Uh, when wide receiver Julian Edelman wanted to pay tribute to his former teammate uh, Danny Amendola during an Instagram post, sometime after the post, Edelman got a message from a fan saying, quote, dude, there's a kid in your comment section saying he's going to shoot up a school. I think you should alert the authorities. Turns out a 14-year-old guy, or I should say boy, from Michigan posted a comment saying, I'm going to shoot my school up, watch the news. Edelman reported it, and the kid was arrested. I can't believe that he was that attentive to the fact that, like, he was that connected to his social media and then went right to it, took it really seriously, and gave it to the authorities. Like, I, I the how that whole chain of actions happened i it's crazy to me well I, I mean whatever your political views are on what happened in parkland there's a definitely a change in the idea that the people that we know better after that are the victims and not the shooter yeah and i think bringing it to the nation's attention in this case was great so the way i read it was edelman was alerted by multiple commenters mm. on there so he saw it got it to his assistant who cuz i think he was in texas at the time doing some training yep his assistant in boston went to the massachusetts police the massachusetts police found where the kid was which was michigan so even even the timeline and people working across state lines and doing all of this they got to the michigan police went to the kid's house there's two rifles that were owned by his mother that were in the house, yeah. house were loaded, um, and it looked like uh, crisis averted. So yeah, the whole story is fantastic. But I think that's the the big thing that that at least I take away from the you know the last few months of all of this conversation around school shootings and everything is that every threat is credible. Uh, and, heightened sensitivity. Well, but here's here's the other thing in that art in the article that I read. And there's multiple on it. I, I sorry, I can't remember the source of it. But what they were talking about from a law enforcement standpoint is that in the last year, the last few years, the average of threats online was something around 17 for a, for the jurisdiction in Michigan. In the last year, that's more than doubled, and they've seen uh, more than 50 uh, threats online. Um, so as a way to go out and whether he's seeking attention or, you know, a cry for help or whatever it is, but that has escalated too. So not only are the authorities taking it more seriously, but there are a lot more threats like this out there. So take that for what it's worth, but good job on uh, Julian Edelman and his team for getting this one thwarted. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, Julian. We appreciate it. That was Good versus Evil brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808, uh, two locations, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. Jim Wilson is in the building. We talk to him next. We'll talk some baseball. We'll talk some beeves. If you've got questions about what we should uh, expect to see from Jonathan, the Jonathan Smith era, text those to 55305 and we'll be right back. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.